Welcome to Game. Hey guys, and welcome to GT Live. Oh man. T Series, the number one most subscribed yes. channel on YouTube. It's back after being out last week because we were playing a lot of kindergarten. I, it's been gone for a while. Like, Two I weeks, feel like I've it? been taking a break from it for a while just well, because I. It, I've been bit you you know let it be known everyone online here in onlineville that when Stephanie was out and traveling and dealing with things out of the Los Angeles area I'm like you know what out of respect and memory of her I shan't continue doing tea series because she is my co-host ride or die ride lo, or die lo, lo and behold ladies and gentlemen the second I'm out of town Whose butts are filling the seats? Chris, yeah. Jason. Those those T series butt spots were warmed. My my butt groove suddenly had new cheeks in it. We I was very it, uncomfortable. We sort of made it a team effort while Matthew was gone to uh, host an episode of T series where Chris was my on the couch counterpart, and that was a lovely time. Chris, I I felt like you and I really had the chance to bond over the gossip of the moment. Um, but I do have to say, I'm the happy, hot goss. I'm happy to have you back. The hot goss. Yes, I'm 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 here to spill some hot goss. Ah, yes. <laughs> I'm all about that goss. Dripping in goss, glossy with goss. Mm, That is a terrible word. I hate that word. I hate ever. I used it that many times, and I will never use it again. That was it for the lifetime. That was a lifetime. That was a lifetime worth of. Yep. Hey everyone, we're here. We're back, and uh, we we couldn't be. Let's see, what day is it? Wednesday? Oh, gosh. We couldn't be here Monday or Tuesday doing our regular GT Live episodes because we were traveling in New York um, doing... Spilling the hot goss. We we were. We were spilling the hot goss. We were (laughs) doing... We were uh, doing consulting sessions in New York. We are back now um, and very excited to talk because there's been so much going on and we're excited that you're here to do it with us. It's it's worth calling out too because I think uh, when we say like, oh, we're out there doing consulting sessions, a lot, there's a lot of confusion about like what that actually entails. So it's worth calling out, right? So when we take some of these trips to New York, a lot of times it's to consult one client of ours that we've had for over two years at this point. Um, they're one of the largest media companies in the world, and basically we're hired in to catch them up on all things digital video, f- like on a quarterly basis, right? So like, hey, in Q1, uh, so like January, February, and March, here are all the channels that were blowing up. Here are some of the big trending stories. Uh, here are uh, new analytics optimizations and things that you can utilize when you're working on stuff. And that's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like kind of across the board. Um, and so that's that's a lot of what it is. It's, it's kind of helping traditional people, traditional media, and kind of like these old school brands understand what this ecosystem is all about, what we're doing, why it matters, and how to how to just like integrate better and be more comfortable in this space in a lot of cases. Yeah, and the hope is that everyone wins, right? If big companies want to be on YouTube and investing in YouTube, that also helps YouTubers and just everyone who wants to be a creator on the platform because it makes 
the platform more legitimate and it brings more attention to it and the more attention means more views and means more advertising dollars and so it means more money more money and like more people can make a career on on YouTube yeah, and doing everyone. digital video. Across, so yeah for everyone across the board. Yeah. So we we do that every once in a while. Um and sometimes we have sessions that are also here in LA. Um and we have a few other clients that we sometimes travel to. But um True but that story. was basically where we were. The the last time we had one of these we talked a lot about uh, the PewDiePie versus T series stuff. One person in the room knew no what it was. No one knew about it. It was crazy. So one person. We have to catch people up on so, a lot uh, of stuff. Right. Uh, a lot of stuff. Strangely enough, though, and I think this is interesting. So that was one, obviously, one of the biggest things that happened early this year. You know, this battle for the soul of YouTube uh, with the number one most subscribed channel on YouTube, uh, PewDiePie versus T series. Interest. So one person in the room knew what it was. Right. This time, James, like. James Charles versus Tati, you know, the other kind of like big subscriber, like let's watch live subscriber counts roll up and down. Almost everyone in the room knew that one. Yeah, I think it's because James Charles has been like, uh, his face is like in malls and stuff on Morphe stores. I guess it's just really interesting to me that difference though, right? I think it's very telling that on one side of the coin, you have what was a huge trending story for multiple months, you know, and, and was literally a global phenomenon in a lot of cases with PewDiePie versus T-Series. And yet this like James Charles Tati drama, and it, you know, it was big, but it was also just like very kind of like petty drama stuff, but that they all knew. It's just very it's interesting true. to me what, what people what know people and know what they and don't what they know, don't. what they're exposed to and what they're not exposed to, right? Speaking of, if you haven't been exposed to the latest fun, interesting, weird stories happening on YouTube and other platforms. Actually, we're talking about a lot of other platforms today. We're here to catch you up. Uh, before we catch you up on the stories, though, I need to sneeze. <coughs> Excuse me. I also need you, Stephanie, to catch me up on what are you drinking today, today on T-Series? I'm bringing back one of my favorite tea brands. This is not an ad. I just really love this company. It's TWGT. This was given to us by a fan of ours at VidCon. Uh, we still have plenty of it left. This one is called Weekend in Dubai. They have all of these weekend in different countries around the world, and they are all different tea blends. This one is really good, so I'm having this one today. It's TWGT. You actually can't even get it in the U.S. There's like no sense in advertising it on this show anyway. You can't even get it in the U.S. You have to order it online. Line, but it's the best tea in the world and uh and like we just have a couple of fans who were incredible and actually managed to get a hold of some of it for us it was like unreal stephanie so. is a silver card carrying member i do i have TWG. like a platinum membership to twg it's actually because i bought her a bunch of stuff for christmas matthew bought me a big christmas present from from there he got me one of their teapots which is like a which is a splurge um and some of their tea, and so because of that, I now have a a, a like membership card. It's uh, it's pretty exclusive, You're you know. Some people buy a Rolex, I buy tea. I will have you know, <laughs> Stephanie, that I'm a platinum card carrying member of Yogurt Land. Smell this. It's like a green fruity tea. It smells Ooh, like it smells strawberries. Great. It smells really great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Platinum card carrying member of Yogurt Land since 2012. That's Hashtag humblebrag. Uh, and meanwhile, I am drinking a favorite as well, Carbonated Diet Soda X, unbranded edition, <laughs> today with ice cubes because they didn't quite have enough time to chill. And also, it's really hot here today. 
It's because I'm back on the couch. <laughs> hey, yo, let's start talking about stuff, shall we? Yes, there are two ways that you can engage with today's little podcasty stream, and that's via the chat. Over in the chat, we're hearing things like chicken nuggets, oh snap, and yogurt. Love that yogurt land, though. Yep, that yogurt land, though, or on Twitter, hashtag GT Live. Hashtag GT Live. You know where to hit us up, and let's get started. Ooh, the tea is hot. It's, a, it's an odd dual-handled cup that Chris has drawn for us today. I like it. I like it. It's it's an amphora. It's a tea amphora. <laughs> wow. Yes, wait, wait, that is probably the one and only time your major in classics has really come to fruition I took here. an entire class in college on classical pottery. It was great. Was it? Look it was it. actually us, a wonderful class. Tell us one interesting factoid about ancient Greek pottery. I can go to museums now and... and just and tell you what era Greek pottery comes That's from. Great. It's tell such me, a useful skill. Tell me a fact about Greek pottery right now. I, I don't. I'm not in a museum right now. Some tell of the, me a fact. See, you can tell the earliest Greek pottery because all everyone's arms are at right angles, so they'll all be like up over their heads, making like perfectly right angles. Yeah, sort of like Egyptian stuff. And then later on, Vogue. their arms developed other angles. Wow. So it used to be that they wow. would only draw them at right angles, and then over time, they got to be triangles and stuff. Wow. I know. I know. A whole semester. Innovation. That's, Duke. That sounds just as useful as the semester at Duke I spent learning about all my different theater voices. My metal voice, my hollow wood voice, and my broken earth voice. It's definitely time to start talking about gossip. Hey, let's talk about that hot goss, shall we? Okay. I swear I'm never using it again after today. Uh, Steph, this one speaks directly to you. This is a little bit old. We have a lot of news to catch up on, so this isn't necessarily from just the last week. Uh, I thought this one was fun, though. Shane, you what does what does Stephanie Cordy Patrick and Shane Dawson have in common outside of being beautiful and having thriving YouTube careers? Liking oh yeah, bathrobes and liking bathrobes apparently, uh, and living in the greater Los Angeles area. Oh wait, you both have misophonia. Hey, uh, yeah, Shane Dawson was talking about his misophonia a couple weeks ago, and we we have been like holding on to that like little tidbit or tweet or video or whatever the heck it was uh, when he was talking about this because I was like, yes, I completely relate. I've been talking about misophonia on this channel for like two years Stephanie now. Stephanie's been talking about misophonia since before it was cool to be misophonic. Yeah, yeah. Before I, uh, like I had this for, uh, since I was like maybe 10 or 11 years old, honestly. Um, and I have like a really big sensitivity to people's eating noises. Matthew is one of the few people in the world. He happens to be a very quiet eater. Thank um, you. It's one of the it's only one of my skills. He's one of the only people I can comfortably like have a lunch with where it's silent in the background. Eh, eh, Chris, eh, eh. <laughs> no. Um, but a, a lot of times, if you're at a restaurant or something, there's like ambient noise in the background, so it doesn't matter because it kind of drowns out everybody's chewing sounds. But if you're alone in a room with someone and it's quiet and the only other thing to listen to is them chewing, like the the chewing noises, I just I it makes you. It's like the article that uh, that this came from actually said, misophonia makes you feel viscerally upset and angry when you hear sounds that that bother you yeah it's so nuts. yeah and i think that merits uh bringing up here again so for those of you who don't know misophonia is exactly what steph said that idea of you being made physically uncomfortable by mouth noises yeah. by sounds coming out of the mouth usually associated with eating right so I like, like slurping excessive chewing uh with your mouth open in a lot yeah. of cases like a lot of Ugh. like slobbery tongue noises 
Uh, if you've ever seen our like uh, react to like cringe videos or whatever, like Stephanie almost vomits after listening to someone eat sushi. <sighs> It's the worst. It's the like worst. Like ASMR sushi stuff. So I like, hate it. So I hate it. So, yeah, it's um, it's bizarre. People think it might be related to tinnitus, um, which is... The, Isn't uh, that what Archer has on Archer all the time? Well, it, it can happen after you hear a really loud sound right next to your ear like a bomb going off or a gunshot or something it's a con it's a continual ringing in your ear which is basically like an overstimulation of the nerves going from your ear to your brain yeah. um or like you can't turn that stimulation off and people think that misophonia might be related to that because it causes such a strong emotional reaction from a sound do you I, I and this is just an honest question and and maybe this is also for people out there in the audience who might be misophonic themselves do you, is it only like slurping slobbery noises or what about like crunchy like like crunchy crunching chewing? is not crunching is not nearly as bad right it's, I didn't I, I was really, gonna say I don't think it is it's as bad slurping for you. sipping soup slobbering and especially chewing with your mouth open that oh gets me every time I and mean, it get, it so makes weird. me so upset and angry and yeah I mean you feel so averse to it. And, it and it's bizarre I'm not one of those people who who believe like I'm a really strong believer in being able to control your emotions being able to um you know tune stuff out all of that it's very hard That's to tune stuff out when uh when it's something like that so I don't have anything like that it's it's interesting though I wonder if this is related at all like there are definitely certain sounds that I even think about and I have like a, a visceral kind of like cringy reaction to so for those of you who don't know oh and dental floss dental floss is the other one okay, that yeah me. Stephanie anytime it's I'm not like flossing my thing. teeth like has to leave the room I'm it's, like what I'm just flossing my teeth come on I don't I don't ask you to leave I just leave I know which I appreciate but like my it makes me feel bad that I'm literally like it's it's like magnets repelling like, um, I, I know that you leave the room, and I feel bad. As for Ken Aaron asks My dental also, hygiene requires... I know, and I and you should have that dental hygiene. As for Ken Aaron asks, only human noises. I have triggers that make me angry for a variety of sounds. Also, uh, d like, animal grooming sounds. Like, like when Skip will, like, lick his Oh, like, Steph can't stand, like, or, like yeah, Skip licking it's himself. Really, it, that, one, that one bugs me. So sometimes, not always. Edgar, my best friend, has misophonia, too. There you go. Yep. So, Jason, what are you laughing about? Misophonia? No, nothing. What? Uh, what, dude? Oh, are you just slurping over there in the Stop background? Stop slurping! Being a troll? Gosh. You're the best, buddy. Uh, no, it's interesting, right? So, Steph and I last week were at the Hollywood Bowl, um, where I was taking Stephanie on a date to go see their Tchaikovsky with fireworks. It was amazing. I actually, it was a great show. Yeah. Uh, but we were talking about sounds that bother us, and. I have, for those of you who don't know, I used to play in an orchestra when I was in school. Uh, I had to eventually choose between choir and orchestra, and so I, I focused on choir and singing. But for a, a good six, seven years there, I was uh, I was playing viola in this four, five, eight years. I was playing viola in the school orchestra, right? Mm -hmm. uh, viola, the most underappreciated of the instruments. Oh Even gosh. at this Tchaikovsky thing that we yeah. were at, they were making fun of the viola section nonstop. Not just they. The conductor of the entire L.A. Philharmonic was like, those stupid violas. Like they were, He was making fun of them the whole time. I had Matthew was just weeping. Weeping. Don't even get me started <laughs> about the first violin section and how overrated they are. Let's okay? not get into that. No, that we don't, don't have time it. for that don't kind of it. drama. But the, the reason I bring this up, right, is I was talking to Stephanie about, like, we were talking about sounds that bother us, and I was talking about my time in orchestra, where 
the sound slash visceral sound sensation of having to rosin your bow, because you have a bow that's made out of horsehair, and you're rubbing it against this, like, really thick, uh, hard sap in order to get, make the, the bow more, have more friction with the strings to produce the sound. That feeling, like, it's not much of a sound, but that sound slash uh, feeling is, is something that, even when I think about it, I, like, start cringing. Or, like, having to clean the strings of that sticky resin would produce, oh, God, even as I'm, like, describing it, it would it would produce kind of, like, a, a high-pitched kind of, like, squeaking sound. <laughs> <laughs> high-pitched squeaking sound that, like, I hated. I hated it so much because you have this, like, sticky resin on these, like, you know, very thin, like, kind of metallic strings, and it was just, like, very unpleasant visceral sound slash noise. Yeah. Um slash feeling that I still, like, to this day, I, I hear it when I think about it and I feel it. So it's not misophonia, but I wonder if it's related in some way. I think a lot of people have something like that. I've seen other people in the chat um, saying that the sound of fabric rubbing against itself bo- really oh, bothers them. Um, the th- someone had um, set loud sounds like fireworks or bowls dropping on the floor. The unrespected uh, gamer, I can't stand it when two folders made out of this material, this material that I don't know what it is, is rubbed together. Huh? huh two folders, either That's plastic or, pa- or or cardboard, maybe. Um, my dad has misophonia. Says Yuto Yugo. Um, animal grooming sounds are so difficult for me to listen to most of the time. Says S. Esothiel? <laughs> Sorry. Um, so anyway, yeah, I think a lot of people have stuff like that, and it's something that you just have no idea, like, why. And so growing up, I never, ever talked about it, but I always – I think it's actually one of the reasons why I used to try to leave the kit, like, leave the dinner table as fast as I could because I couldn't – I could not take – eating sounds and my family always ate in silence and so even now I I prefer if we're going to eat in a group or something with my family if we have ambient noise in the background like a tv on or something like that so that way I don't get really distracted by everyone's eating sounds. It it is really interesting because it's one of those things that I think like the internet has really brought to light where Mm -hmm. like there are those those not dysfunctions or disorders but like those those issues that people have that they think is only them or, like, the way they perceive the world or feel about things is only them or they don't recognize it as unusual or unique to them, that now all of a sudden the internet has kind of, like, opened up these conversations to such a global level that even if you're, like, that one person in that one country... You're going to find are, that other person in that other in that country, other yeah. country <laughs> that has it. And you're like, oh, I'm not alone doing this, which is cool it's actually very interesting it was actually really relieving to know that I wasn't the only one who experienced this because I thought it was me I thought I I was like what is wrong with you just like suppress this suppress this feeling like I don't know like what's wrong with you so anyway okay we spent a lot of time on that one yeah Yeah, misophonia I think we should get to we should get to ninja Uh, before we get to before we get to ninja the other thing that I wanted to are like little like preliminary drops of tea here are, mm. are, are steeping. We're steeping in the news right now. Uh, the other thing I wanted to call out here is another short story about how a, a new survey says that half of teens turn to YouTube for news from influencers oh my gosh. rather than from mainstream outlets. So uh, the poll conducted by survey software company SurveyMonkey and child educational nonprofit Common Sense found that today's teens are turning away from traditional news organizations to find out about current events from online influencers like YouTube. 50% of teens surveyed said that they get their news from YouTube, while 54% said they get their news from other hubs like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So... 
Okay. It's a really, I mean, it's really interesting, right? And I think that for a while, people of all ages have been switching to specifically, I think, Facebook and Twitter for news. Um, and I get a lot of news from Twitter. Like, mo- don't, I would don't say. Don't get your news from Facebook. No, don't get your news don't, from don't, Facebook. Don't get your news don't from Facebook. Like, <laughs> You can get it from Twitter, I guess, but yeah. not Facebook. Um, Don't do it. I get a lot of news from Twitter. I avoid Facebook for news. Um, and I Ooh, think... look. We're, we're picture in picture right now. Ooh, nice, that's Chris. Exciting. Very artistically done. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm curious. What, what... Where do you get your news from? I try to avoid the news as much as possible. No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> I try to stay... We wish. <laughs> right? I wish I could avoid it. No, um... I, you know, honestly, I get it from YouTube. I get it from Phil DeFranco. Phil DeFranco is my go-to news source for yeah. a lot of stuff. I would say I listen to Phil DeFranco a lot too. And, and, and if most be, and so, and I watch like Vice documentaries on stuff still, or I used to. Um, right, when and, Vice was the thing. And sometimes I I will also watch news clips on stories. Um, and then if it's something you have to like, you really really have to follow, like when the California wildfires were like like coming toward our house and stuff then i watched like local news clips yeah. and like but that was local news that wasn't like yeah that wasn't national, like cnn or something news. like that um it was and i follow and i followed those news um those like twitter handles to to get updates on the stories that i wanted yeah but that was like it yeah like i Right. I don't watch a lot of like dedicated news programming. Uh, if I'm interested in a story, like usually my my news cycle, right, will go. I will be notified of something on Twitter. Like I'll see a trending story or something that's like I sh- feel like I should be aware of either on like my Google alerts. Like yeah. I'll scroll down kind of like these are stories that are curated for you. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Um, Did someone say Pew News or, in the chat? Oh, my gosh. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Um, he doesn't do that anymore, guys. He's a Minecrafter. He's a gamer. There are a lot. Of Felix Manny, is a gamer. Manny plays in Sewer Rat. Says Pew, Pew News. News. A lot of people I, say Phil DeFranco. Here's, here's a the lot thing. Of people. I used to be. You know, I, I was a firm believer in Gloria Berg, Borger Berger Gloria Bird Gloria Berger. Gloria But then she died. You're and not so, a fan of Mary Ham? I, I, you know, Mary Ham just doesn't do it for me the way Gloria did. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, all, you know, the true story. So th- these are all of uh, Felix's alternate personalities for his host character of Pew News. Uh, I almost did a theory about how Ham killed off Gloria. I had, I, I'm like, is is this too meta to do a theory about how you Ham a killed? On, I did on YouTubers alter ego. You've done one on Markiplier, uh, Markiplier so and Darkplier, we're not, that far off. Why not PewDiePie's little like weird news outlet? Um, <laughs> no, I, I got, I got a kick out of seeing, uh, his commentary on a bunch of news stories. I thought, like, Pew News, I thought was great when he was doing yeah. it, but now he's a gamer again, so Justin there you go. Justin Baker says <laughs> The Economist. That's very sophisticated. I actually get, um, uh, I, like, so it depends on what kind of news you're going for. If I That's want, like, true. business and financial news, I read Bloomberg and I read, uh, The Economist. But I, I, like, pretty actively seek those out. And I only... And I'm reminded to read them every day because I follow them on Twitter. Again, it all starts with Twitter. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think Twitter is a good discovery tool for finding those news stories. But then from there, how you go deeper into them ultimately depends on, for me at least, what what yeah what the story is about, right? Like people if it's really digital, want you to do that theory. By the way, if it, you want me to do that, I'll, I'll do it. I, I want to do one on uh, PewDiePie hitting 100 million subscribers anyway. So maybe I could throw that in. There. It'll just be like a sidebar. It'll, it'll be a sidebar on it. By the way, uh, theory. By the way, <laughs> Gloria, whatever happened to her? Uh, no, but it was one of those things where, like, if it's for digital entertainment news or like commentary on 
the the digital video ecosystem phil defranco is definitely the one i'll go to um if it is to like economics news or kind of like wider international news i'll probably scan across a lot of different blogs and things that are covering this like i have no affinity to one thing or another because one i think that's dangerous and two i think it's you know i i I just i'm not that type of person i'll read what whoever's covering this from whatever angle and it shows you who's owned by who because a lot of times those articles are just copy and pasted across multiple websites because yeah. it's like, oh, we can capitalize off of this across everything. I will say gaming the- news, you know, I'll, I'll skew across <laughs> like the Kotaku's and Polygon's like uh, all of those. You I know? think it's like very fragmented for a lot of people, yeah. a lot of younger people. Um, I grew up in a household that watched um, cable news all the time. Literally, it was on 24 hours a day. And I think now as an adult, I I really don't like that kind of programming yeah your parents watch a lot of cable news yeah so it's it's on at my parents house all day every day and so I act it's sort of the one type of news that I avoid at this point is to like the 24-hour cable news um just because I you know one you don't really have cable you have YouTube I don't have yeah I don't really have cable um we have YouTube TV and so I got out of the habit of watching it a long time ago, and now I know what news sources I like for different types of information, and I like reading different perspectives across a lot of different types of news sources, and I think that's really important no matter where you get your news from, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, a combination of like eight different places, but actually getting information from multiple, multiple places sources, really helps you un- get a- get multiple perspectives on the issue, and that's... I think that's just so important, and that's one of the reasons why I also don't really like the cable news as much, because I think a lot of them just present kind of one side of the story. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I like that Phil, Phil DeFranco acknowledges his bias and stuff Yeah. Um, when he's coming into a, an issue where he's like, I know that I have a bias here, so I'm disclosing that up front. Yeah. Um, you know. I appreciate that. Yeah, I do too. It helps that we know him too. Yeah. So that way you know. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you he know. He does like, oh, okay, he's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm really curious. Where do you get your news from? I uh, I also get everything off of Twitter. It's it's just my link to the rest of the news sources. Right. It starts yeah, exactly. as Twitter all, and all then it branches off from there. It's really interesting. Speaking of YouTube TV, so uh, Steph and I both said like, oh, we have YouTube TV. We like it a lot. Um, did you know that YouTube TV is one of the like primary funders of the large uh, convention center or the the large stadium that's being built here in Los Angeles? Yes. That's why YouTube TV is literally plastered over everything. I about figure it. that had to be why. So if you drive YouTube TV, which is crazy to me, like there's it's, a it's massive this new thing, there, and like they're going hard in on YouTube TV. It's nuts. There's a massive stadium being built in LA. In case you didn't know, and every time you drive by, there's like a 40 foot billboard size YouTube TV screen that plays, and you can see it from one of the biggest highways in the city. And it's just it's there all day, every day, and it's yeah, it's not just some sort of temporary advertising. They're like funding that thing. It's crazy. Um, Like YouTube's pushing hard for YouTube. People people in the chat are also saying um, uh, Reddit. They get their news on Reddit. Reddit's a good one too. Actually, bothered wind says that it's it's interesting. So like yeah, I'll see a lot of those trending. It's interesting. You'll see those trending stories on Reddit a lot of times, and and oftentimes first. Reddit is sometimes good for fact checking a lot of that stuff too, where you'll see how the different news stories are treated across different outlets and stuff. So Reddit's a good one, too. Do I use it for news primarily? No. Like, if I – sometimes I get news from it, but if I think about, like, where does – 
my awareness of news start it's usually on twitter it's usually and twitter. then progresses over to youtube and then like various different like uh websites yeah cool all right all right, cool. enough, all right uh, let's talk ninja en- enough starter to man that was a lot of starter tea I here know. guys I, okay. i'm already full up on my tea no uh let's let's get to the real tea shall we uh, which and we'll start with our cover story, as it were, since it's in the title and thumbnail. Friends, uh, it's finally our chance to talk about Ninja. Oh my gosh! Did you know that Ninja got got moved? He got sniped. He got scooped. What? He, he done, done got, got scooped. scooped. Pelvis first. Done got scooped. Ninja moved to mixer. Oh man. <laughs> Ninja, Ninja moved to Mixer. Uh, yeah, in case you, in case you've been under a rock and haven't caught up on this story, Ninja, who was formerly uh, the top uh, streamer on Twitch, he has not been the top streamer on Twitch for several months now. Um, but he was still certainly really high up in their ranks, and he decided to take a um, probably very lucrative deal to go over to Mixer and exclusively stream over there. He can keep his YouTube channel, um, but all of his streaming has to be done exclusively on Mixer and. And there's been all sorts of speculation about how much he got paid to make that move. Um, and I think the questions that we should talk about and, you know, well, feel free to there's add. There's a lot of levels. I know this. there's a lot. There's a lot of levels. There's a lot of levels. It was it. Um, you know, I think everything is fair game from, you know, was it a good move? Do we think? Yes. Why do we think he did it? Um, and, you know, what do we think the future is let's, for, for n- old Ninja? Uh, let's start with whether it was a good move or not. Uh, I say yes, it was absolutely a good move for him. I say yes, I, Without too. knowing what the dollar figure... I say yes, it was a good move for him. Was it a good move for Mixer? Probably. Depends on how much they paid for it. It depends on how much they paid. I would say no. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so let's talk about this, right? So first off, was it a good move for, for Ninja? Absolutely, yes. Uh, if you look at... He, like Stephanie said, he was no longer the number one Twitch streamer, even though he was the face of Twitch, right? He was like, a, and he was a great poster boy. He's for a good that poster boy for whatever platform he's on. He's he's done the late night talk show circuits. He's been a face in mainstream media. Yes, he's, he, he's had a couple. He's had a couple of oopsies. I don't care. Like, there's just minor. no reason why and the N word should ever ever appear in someone like in someone's content ever <laughs> ever. Like even it once just slips out. Even once, that means it's somewhere in your regular vocabulary. I'm sorry, it should never happen. But, but he recovered, and he was like considered a an almost completely brand friendly face of Twitch, which made him very valuable for them. Yeah. So, so I think like as far as him, right? Fortnite. I think we're all aware we did a couple theories on it, or we've mentioned it in a couple theories, right? Fortnite is no longer the number one game online. At this point, uh, you know, it's it's been losing ground very quickly. Uh, you know, it's it's been even with season 10 being kind of this big push to kind of like revitalize it. Hey, here's uh, remember all these great moments like the meteor and the cube and all these other like really big t- the, the portals and Thanos and this and that like it feels very much like please stay with us. Please keep watching. Uh, cl- keys, please keep playing the game. So like with Fortnite trending downward with uh, Ninja no longer being like, you know, top competitor in his field or whatever and kind of being replaced by some of these these newer guys or, you know, just some people who are like faster and better at the game. Um, yeah, like I think it makes a lot of sense because what it means is he's no longer like with Mixer paying the bills whatever those bills are, right? Like, whether it's giving him a huge cash advance for every year that he's on the platform, say, you know, a couple million bucks for every year that he's exclusive to their platform. At least. At least. 
maybe some percentage of oh, every like, person who comes in yeah. because of Ninja in a certain period of time. Like, wow, Ninja moved to Mixer. I'm going to start yeah. my streaming career on Mixer. And, you know, Mixer, I don't know what their – we should probably look into what their, like, percentage split is. Yeah. But say it's like YouTube where it's like a 65-35 split or something like that. It's one of those things where, like, if – Microsoft, who owns Mixer, keeps 35% of that revenue, they could very easily make a deal where, like, hey, Ninja, you keep 5% of that creator's revenue, we keep 30%, and they still get their, like, 65. Um, Because you brought them... It's kind of like a finder's fee of sorts, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the deal terms, and I think that would be a smart... So they take a commission on his subs. So for every $5.99 subscriber, he gets $5.52. he as in Mixer. Uh, no. Not he as in oh, Ninja. Payout. Wait, I don't know. Hold on. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what their actual split is. Here, well, well, you, well, you think about that. Yeah, though. we'll we'll look at it. But so so this kind of deal, like for instance, if Mixer had told him, you know, hey, you get a percentage of everyone's revenue who comes in because of you for the next year or something, you know, six months, whatever it is, um, that would in, that would encourage him to bring others over, right? But it's also not like that's not unheard of. So when PewDiePie had his own kind of personal MCN um, called Revel Mode within. In Maker Studios, which this was a long time ago, um, when PewDiePie was with Maker, and he had like his own kind of like subcategory within that MCN. Um, and if he brought creators into it, whatever creators he brought in, he also got a percentage of their revenue through Revel Mode. Um, so he that's something that other companies have done. It's actually like a kind of a common business practice. Like if you're an important person and you come over to a company and you bring people with with you, like you'll get a cut of their, you know, revenue too. Yeah, that was across the board with a lot of MCNs and a lot of like big talent deals back in the day was yeah. there was that kind of like like a referral it, fee. A finder's fee, yeah. a referral fee, that sort of thing. Um, so I think for him, it's it's smart, right? Because the other thing that you see in the Twitch ecosystem, and I mean, Ninja was not immune to it, right? Was Ninja's streaming schedule is grueling. It's brutal. Uh, it is round the clock with very few breaks. It, it is thankless, right? But when he broke from that schedule, and you would see it in the numbers, he would lose a couple thousand paying subscribers, a couple thousand followers of what he was doing just because he broke from that routine. He was not able to kind of deliver off of that. And that was only for like a day break. Uh, And so to go from that sort of model where there is that sort of like audience expectation that really ultimately defines your bottom line to suddenly move over to, hey, I can do this for fun again because there's a platform who's paying my bills in advance and all I got to do is just exist over here without having to worry about the game that I'm playing trending downward and without having to worry about uh, the number of views that I'm getting and how frequently I'm doing this. Like, that's great. So I think that is an absolute win for him. For Ninja. That's why one of the reasons why we think it's a win for him. And we've actually, we had a conversation about this. Someone interviewed us about this today from um, Washington Post. From the Washington Post where we were talking about, we weren't talking about Ninja specifically, but we happened to mention him um, because we know some YouTubers... Um, who's have, have sold their channels. They sell their channels to a bigger company and they get a lot of money for them um, and it gives them sort of a stable income for a while. And sometimes they get enough money for those channels that they could actually just retire. Like they don't need to work anymore or at least they don't need to worry about money so much anymore. And basically we, we were talking about Ninja in that same kind of way. He didn't sell himself or like he didn't sell his 
his channel, but he kind of he did sell his like Twitch his his like streaming account, right? So it was kind of like it was kind of like being sold. Um, and he got, you know, hopefully a whole bunch of money in return. And so after his mixer contract is up, if he's been smart with his money, he really shouldn't have to work anymore. Right. Like he shouldn't have to work again. The, which uh, is kind of crazy because he's super young. The the other thing here that's also, I think, worth noting or it's, it's interesting, right? So like, whereas there is a very heated competition in – Twitch land about who is kind of number one, just like on YouTube, right? Who's the number one most subscribed channel? Same thing. Who's the number one most followed streamer? And there was a lot of battling back and forth about, you know, there. Oh, you lost. You're on the downswing. Now it's no longer cool to follow you. This like it, it, it's very competitive uh, to to be in such a, a contested area. Now to go to Mixer where there is a lot less competition, and now very clearly you're the big guy on campus. That relieves a lot of that stress. Plus, in addition, if I'm Microsoft. And I'm paying Ninja to be on my Mixer live streaming service for three years or whatever it is exclusively. You can bet that I'm going to make sure that every single stream that he does is visible everywhere. And that it's going to get as many views as possible. Anyone who you is, paid for it. Because you paid for <laughs> it, right? Like that's the thing here is – and I think that's something that people tend to overlook is – because like even Chris in your write-up of the story, right, you say like – you know, he's receiving better views now than over on Twitch. And it's true. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the case. But like and it's also it's, like it was his first week. <laughs> I mean, one, it's his first week. And so everyone's curious to see how the whole thing pans out. But then two, if I might like it, it's Microsoft, man, they're going to make sure that that thing is successful or at least looks successful. Right. Like we talk to people who work at a lot of these companies and, you know, a lot of them will be very honest where they're like, we could show you a blank page and make sure that that blank page gets a million views if if we need it to. Because they just put it in enough places that people, that people end up click clicking on it. on it. And they'll like engage with it in some way because yeah. that's the power that these platforms have over a, like the promotion. In a lot of ways the platforms really do decide what's popular. Not uh, and not like always and not every time, but they can if they want to make sure that something is popular just by putting it literally everywhere. Yeah. So shoving it in enough faces, giving enough ad placements, whatever. Just like, like on Twitch how Ninja was always on the homepage. It's stuff. it's actually one of the things that I've given YouTube a hard time about right because like they've put a lot of effort into and and money into their YouTube originals series right like you know they're like we want to compete with Netflix we're going to do premium programming here on YouTube and pay money out of our pocket to produce this stuff but uh, I give YouTube a hard time because it's like they don't do a good job of promoting those like you have YouTube you have so many eyeballs here but you struggle to find viewership for a lot of these shows in a lot of cases, because you're not making it easily visible to viewers who yeah, might be interested in It's really in this hard stuff. to find it's YouTube originals. It's hard to find YouTube originals. And so, like, whereas a lot of other platforms, I think, do a better job of that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I think Facebook does a really good job of shoving Facebook watch shows down people's throats oh gosh, to like make sure that they're successful. <laughs> you can't avoid them, right? So, anyway, uh, that that's kind of deviating from the point. But I will say, like... He's in a – he's more secure. He's in a in a good place. The – let's talk about – was it a good decision for Mixer? Um, that That's where I think I'm a little bit more skeptical because if you think about anyone who's on an online video creator, right, us included, everyone out there, they're building their whole business. They're trying to make money on platforms that they don't own, right? We don't own YouTube. Ninja doesn't, doesn't own Twitch. He doesn't own Mixer. Um, so you're always building a business on a platform that you don't like own or control and that's scary. But Ninja is like 
has like two times removed from control because he's not only on like Twitch or Mixer, which is a platform that he doesn't control, but he's also playing a game that he doesn't control. He can't control how long Fortnite is going to be popular. He can't control how many people are going to play it, how long people are going to be interested. He also doesn't know like is Epic Games going to release an update that's interesting enough to play? Like what what can I keep doing with this game? Is it going to keep evolving? And so Mixer just invested so much money into a guy who's playing a game that he doesn't own on a platform that he doesn't own. And that's kind of like a recipe for uncertainty, if not like if not kind of like disaster. (laughs) I kind of I worry about that because I think he's like he's on all of these unstable. He's in a lot of unstable places. So it's interesting, right? There's a lot of different ways to take this. Uh, If you watch Game Theory which I'm presuming a lot of you do. Uh, we did an episode about... What? A, I, what show is that? I, I, it's, it's a... Game it's, Theory. Yeah, write it down. Check it out. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to find on YouTube. All you need to type in is Game Theory. Uh, minus economics concept. Uh, so that way game you don't get any... Theory. Yeah. Autocomplete is sucks? What? Oh, no. no. Oh, Game no, Theory geez. FNAF. Sorry. <laughs> Accurate. Game Theory FNAF. That is the correct autocomplete. <laughs> um, but uh, what was it? A month or two ago, we did an episode all about uh, how YouTube is ruining gaming, and I talk uh, midway through that episode about uh, earned media, owned media, and paid media. Right. So the earned media that Mixer slash Microsoft has gotten off of the Ninja purchase has been huge because no one really. I mean, Mixer has been at E3. And that's really the only time of year that I hear about Mixer. Yeah. Honest, like, I'll be like, oh, there's the Mixer booth. Okay. Huh. Oh, oh, look, <laughs> there's Nintendo. Oh, let me let me go visit Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> oh, that's it. And it's always, like, right there in the, like, main hallway, like, right as you walk in. But it's never a particularly interesting booth. And so you walk past and you're like, oh, I don't have no clue what that is. And that no was interest. Mixer. Bye. But nowadays, like, because of this Ninja purchase, they purchased, like... There's been a lot of earned media as everyone discusses this this decision, right? Even this live stream is is an example of earned media for, you know, what will end up being about like 120,000 people, right? Yeah. So so there's a lot of earned media through this decision. The bigger question to me, and if I'm Mixer, right, I'm hoping that bringing Ninja over to my platform encourages a generation of creators to come with him yeah. and create on my platform. Like, hey, we've got the biggest streamer. And so you as a viewer and you as a creator should also be interested in watching and creating content over here. And that's the question that I have, right, is whether purchasing one large creator is enough to get a lot of other people excited to go to that platform or honestly if it scares them away. Yeah. Like does Ninja have the pulling power and also are they like, oh, Ninja's here now. We can't compete with that. Right. That's the thing. Like before it's like I could be number one on Mixer. (laughs) But now it's like, well, I I have no chance. Right, Ninja beat me. Like, there's nothing I can do. I can't be the number one mixer creator out there. Um, And does Ninja have the pool to inspire other creators to kind of, like, make stuff on this platform? Does he legitimize Mixer to become, like, a legitimate, like, earnings platform? I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I – yeah, I don't know. I – I think there will be a group of people who try it, but they all have to have a great experience in order to bring their audiences and other creators who follow them over. 
Um, I did want to call out one thing from the chat. This doesn't have yeah. to do with what we're talking about. Um, but I can't believe I happened to, to stop on it because the chat goes so fast. Yeah. Uh, this is from Jake Nichols who says, hey, Matt, I'm Jake. I don't know if you remember, but my dad and, and my brother found you in New York. This We were in New oh, York yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you recorded a video for me. It meant so much to me. Thank you for everything you've done for the community. Jake! That's awesome. Yes. I, I so, remember. I, yeah. Right outside of our hotel room, I recorded a video for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's awesome. We, we run into people a lot. Um, if you saw us at Disney. Disneyland last week. There were like a hundred of you who stopped us There's at Disneyland last week. Us at Disneyland there were a last couple week. of there were a couple of times during the day where a couple of like we had a couple people stop us and then like a line formed down the sidewalk. I felt like Mickey Mouse. It was and great. I was like, oh my gosh, we're yeah. It was um, outside of Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, specifically. So, like I, we just got pinned down, and it was it was it was like a line of people waiting to to hang, to say like, hi, to hi, and, and it was awesome. So thank was, you. But we also saw people in New York while we were there. Um, so no, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm glad that you got the video i'm glad that you liked it uh like i say you know it's in in the video itself it's almost like the better than meeting me in person because now you have a video that's permanently dedicated <laughs> now you have to you, a video cool. evidence <laughs> um, <laughs> no that's awesome i'm glad that you got it so um, mixer and ninja but yeah so th- i think that's the question i have is I, I, d- chris do you know what his current like follower count is on mixer I do not. But Will you I look it up for me? Because yeah. the other, I know he was over a million after like two days. Because the other truism of this whole thing is usually when a creator moves to a different platform or does a new thing, one tenth of their audience will follow them. That's on average, mm-hmm. right? Um, one tenth of the people that they ask to like follow me over on this new thing will go and potentially uh, follow along behind. Um, and so I'm curious what that kind of number looked like. Oh, there's uh, someone 1. else being 6. hosted by Ninja right now. Yeah, he has 1. 1.6. 1.6, 1.7, like. okay. So yeah. that's about right. So there you go, One, about one-tenth. Yep. yep. Almost almost identical, right? Because he had 14, 15 million on, huh. on Twitch. That's so funny. Yeah, the, you're one-tenth. totally right. One-tenth. There there that's, like, that's always the metric that you follow. When Fine Brothers launched the React channel, uh, their first extension, they were at 10 million subscribers. React got 1 million. Like yep. that's very frequently the number that you can kind of rely on and so it's it's interesting to see that it holds true here we were pretty lucky when it came to film theory i think because film theory was yeah. because at the time game theory had about five and a half million subscribers and that one got a, a million, million in the first month so that was pretty good i like to think that it's because you guys really appreciate what we do if, yeah <laughs> if we do that if we do a new channel would you guys do that again mm. um okay so, <laughs> so uh, okay. So, was it a smart decision for Mixer? I, like Stephanie said, it's a it's a large bet to place on one person who plays primarily one game. I think if if it were me, honestly, I feel like if I'm Mixer and I'm I'm I have a or if I'm Microsoft, right? And it's like I have a lot of money to spend. I think what I would try to do is pay a lot of smaller or mid-tier creators to move over to my platform and and give them the boost that they need rather than rather than all all all, one all in one thing because Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you've created a creator community right you've you've done something that's one showing that you support small and mid-tier creators that are having a hard time on other platforms because those platforms are so crowded and so top heavy with with already established big name brands and channels 
you know, like it's hard if you're a smaller mid-tier creator on YouTube. It's hard if you're a smaller mid-tier creator on on Twitch, especially. Yeah. Those like, are the people. Good who luck need on help Facebook. And, you're not getting paid in the first place. Yeah, those are the people who need help and support, though. Like if you're going to, yeah. if, if you're, and if you also want to show, I think, I think it's a good PR story. You have to push the PR story a That's little bit more. That's the thing. You're more. not you're not getting the level of PR attention that like if you snipes, if you you're snipe sni- ninja. But uh, but I think you'd also get. Uh, goodwill from a lot of actual members of the online community who can move that needle by being like, you know, we we brought in a hundred mid-level creators for the same price that you bring in Ninja and you show that you want to support up-and-coming creators yep. rather than just feeding more money to the people at the top. Yeah, the, the rich just get richer. And instead. also, thank you guys for saying that you'd all subscribe to a new channel. Thanks, guys. Stay that's, tuned. That's good to hear. <laughs> but no, it, 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 but it is. It's one of those things, like, to me, think about it. Say low end low end ninja gets three million dollars a year i think that's i think that's low yeah i think that's a low i think it's more six to eight i would say six to eight is is for at least the next three years at least so but say low low end three million dollars think of how many channels you could get so many (laughs) who would be so thrilled about i mean you could do 30, 30 100,000 yeah. $100, deals. Yeah, and that I mean even $100,000 I think is is, is a, hu- a huge is a, amount. Is a large a amount for a lot of channels who would be very eager for they that could opportunity. They pay a team with that. And and here's the other thing too. Here's the great thing about this is now all of a sudden you create a program like you create a, you've bought yourself into a community which a lot of platforms have struggled to do and then you introduce those creators to each other so that they collaborate with each other, they share audience with audiences with each other and now it's it's a it's a cohesive unit of creators that are all helping each other grow like we've seen with like a lot of the vine stars who came over on youtube and you've created a network a community that is fun to be a part of that's accepting and that's showing that you can grow and have success in this place and that there's a, a room enough for a lot of different voices not just one voice who's big and dominating literally all the other voices and who, yeah. and guess what? And now you bring if you're bringing over even low end 100 creators, low end 100 creators for that 3 million dollars, yeah. you're not hedging your bets on one person. You're he- who plays it's one game. It's called diversifying, it's diversifying your, your, investment. your investment. It is. It's diversifying your investment on a personality standpoint From and a game, on a gaming standpoint, yeah. on a content standpoint. So bring if, a couple of Minecrafters yeah. over for God's right? sake. Right. Guess what? <laughs> if you're a Minecrafter right now, good for you, man. Like that's the thing here. And I, yeah, it's not as sexy necessarily, but if you're actively looking at getting people to watch and be excited to create a community and create a following on your platform, that's the I I firmly believe that that is the best way to do it. It's not, you know, are you going to be front page news on like, you know, the New York Vox Times all the or time. New York Times or whatever? No. no, but you'll get a small little PR story that's going to resonate with that core grassroots audience. And it's going to matter because that's the sort of positive press that really, is, you know, it pays off long term. You don't need like 50 year old white guys who read the New York Times every day to know that Mixer is popular necessarily. You need an endemic creator community, which means you need people who are actually in those communities to know. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I mean, as people who are lucky enough and privileged enough to have a lot of success in YouTube and, and have an established audience, I see and I recognize that that's missing right now. A place for those creators to really shine and a place for them to really 
be discovered in an easy, sustainable way. Yeah. And I mean, maybe now that Ninja's not on Twitch, maybe maybe people see it as an opportunity to be on Twitch. But Twitch has gotten some rough media, like some rough publicity in the last few days anyway. So I, it's it's I, I'm curious to see what happens over on Twitch or if, you know, if Twitch kind of gets a setback because of this. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's Twitch and Ninja. Yeah, that's Twitch and Ninja. I think we have time for a couple more. How, how do you how do you feel about Ninja's res- or how how do you feel about Twitch's response before we move away from what this was story? Twitch's response? So Twitch, right? They because his channel's now defunct. His channel's right. gone, right? Right. So instead, Twitch is like, "Hey, your ninja's in another castle." Ha. Uh, <laughs> they, they leave a notice on your ninja being in another castle. That's funny. And then check out these other popular live channels. And so he uses they use his homepage, the thing that he curated, to become now a discovery mechanism for other Twitch streamers. I think it's fair. So I think it's fair. Well, it, it is until they promote uh, por- pornographic Wait, what? content. Wait, yeah, they they, they promote no, there, not there prawn. Some, no, there was some prawn on there. <laughs> no, no prawn. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh no, I don't know what happened. Oh there. no, I didn't know about this. I didn't know. <laughs> so in, so here here's the thing, right? No. Prawn. <laughs> no. So, so in concept, I think I think it's a totally valid decision, right? Like, hey, here's this massive account. That, send them to other Fortniteers. Yeah, send them to other send channels. Send them to other related. people. Send them to other. Bring in the Minecrafters. I'm telling you. Like, I think I think that's fine. I think you know it's their platform. Again, Ninja produced a following on it but twitch at the end of the day owns it right like yeah, it's, it's, it's their, their property it's borrowed Again, land that this, he made his home on this and is so, what we were saying before you build a business on a platform that you don't own then you know they can do whatever yeah, they want when you man. decide to vacate the land they can do they could knock down your house and build a mini mall there whatever and so in this case they're like hey let's promote other people that's fine i don't know how i, I don't did, did anyone talk about like how prawn got up in into that <laughs> into his feed uh, I'm sure it was just some weird right, just, internal it was, accident. Yeah, I just, think it was just like a weird algorithm so thing, probably, and probably something they just didn't. I also, I'm just shocked that like oh, Twitch just like has. I, I was just surprised in general. I'm like, that's bad news. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that using that land to to promote other things is great. Uh, the last thing I'll say about some this, I, I think that's that's worth calling out. So while I think it was a right decision for Twitch, while I think it was a uh, wrong decision for Mixer, or at least I think there was a better decision I'm, wait, that I'm, made I'm out holding, there. I'm agnostic. I'm holding out I, I, to see how it goes. I think there are, let me say this, I think there were better decisions that could have been made by yeah, Mixer. Um, and I, I and while I don't have any problem with them using Ninja's you know homepage or whatever to, to promote other things, uh, I will say this. I really didn't like the way that Ninja made the move i i think a lot of people i think agree with you too. i I think that one of the and again like i think that one of the big missteps in the whole thing was first off the like overly produced stagey kind of like cringy interview like press conference can we talk about the the questions that came out of the press conference were like it so first of all, if you're going to have a press conference situation, actually have questions that people would want answered because so the questions that they ended up funny. asking were, weren't weren't funny, but they also were so irrelevant that they just highlighted the fact that there yeah. are a lot of questions to be asked here and none of them were being answered in that video. And it, and it was awkward. <laughs> I did not like that video. And it was awkward to me too because it's like, hey, let's acknowledge my Red Bull sponsorship, but let, let me not do anything to thank my fans. Like I think that was the thing that like – for me, 
rubbed me the wrong way here. He might not like, have had a lot of control over that he, promotional video, although he should no, have. No, he should have. He should have made sure he, that he did. Yeah, that's the thing. I like, don't know. I don't care what contract. Like, you as the creator, who is obviously the celebrity who has signed this big deal, you have carte blanche to do what you want and do this the way that you want. You Like, there is no world in which he cannot have veto power in this. And if he didn't, then he's doing it wrong. But to not acknowledge the people who helped get you there... That seems like a big loss to me. I think, like, that was, as I watched that stuff and as I read all the kind of, like, interview coverage and this and that around it, I think the acknowledgement of the fans came to, like, that should have been the first thing. Yeah, like, that's... Because I mean, you are abandoning Fort, you know... Well, no, those are the people who you want to go with you. Well, so they are the most important stakeholders in this. It's like... We we have a lot of conversations with brands when we're do when we're talking about whether we can work with them or whether we want to work with them and when they want us to do something or you know do a promotional video or something like that we always tell them that we the first question we ask whenever we're doing a project if we're launching a new channel a new show if we're trying out some anything new on the channel our first question is what is the value to the audience what are they going to get out of it and the promotional video for ninja just doesn't even think about well, what does the audience get out of this? I mean, he says that it's his chance to get back to his roots and have fun it's again. It's his but, chance. Yeah, it, he doesn't mention it's our chance as a community to do whatever. I, yeah. He doesn't say anything like that. He says, it's my chance to get back to my roots. I'm going to be like, this is for me, me, me. Well, what about everyone else? Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing to me is without those 15 million people or whatever who who've actively chosen to follow him on Twitch this opportunity doesn't happen and so to not acknowledge them and also at least maybe not like call out the fact but like recognize like oh in switching platforms I'm I'm abandoning a lot of those people who have put their trust and their dollars behind me and my success uh and to not you know be show a little bit more appreciation or at least a, a, a little bit more service to them and acknowledgement of their role in that move and yeah. kind of the value that it has to them i think that was a bit of a shame and i think yeah one of the things that high you know if i were to, is 2020 it like, is, I, don't, but, I don't think he was actively snubbing no, his fans but, either at all like he knows he knows how important it is to keep up that fan base which is why it's so hard to keep up the kind of streaming schedule he does like the guy you can't you can't fault the guy because he i mean he works like at least when i was last listening to podcasts where he was talking about his work schedule he was working like 14 hours a day streaming he would like take a dinner break he never got to go anywhere he never got oh, to spend totally. time with his I family with like i also i just like before we leave this topic i do want to say that like i completely understand if he t- even if he just took this deal to cash out sure. and be like Great. i'm will i'm taking the money and running good for him 100% good for I, him. I agree i absolutely agree with that and he has like he has a family does he have a kid he doesn't have a kid he just has a wife yes and a dog he has a wife and a dog yes and you, you want to spend time with the people in your life who you love and if you're streaming for 14 hours a day 7 days a week you can't you like you're never going to be able to do that and so if that got him a sustainable lifestyle where he wasn't burned out and he could you know do other things that he wanted to do great like i am so i i don't think that you know he should feel badly about that and more power to him if he made like zillions of dollars great speaking of platforms cool that yeah let's let's say so that's a lot about ninja mixer and kind of our thoughts yeah. on the whole issue 
was it right? Was it wrong? How would we have done it better if we were in both person's position? Um, yeah. That being said, GT Live, Mixer. Call us. Nav, nav a smaller creator here. No, no just joking. No, that's okay. Uh, we're, <laughs> just joking. We're, we're good here. We've resigned ourselves to the fact that this live stream doesn't make any money. <laughs> so uh, speaking of other platforms and alternative platforms, right? Here's, here's one that hasn't been talked about a lot lately. Tumblr. Whoa, Tumblr. Tumblr. You mean uh, that place that used to be a prawn site? It wasn't a prawn it site. It was not a prawn site. It was not a prawn. It, it, it had, was artistic nudes sometimes. Sometimes. It had artistic fan creations no, and sometimes those I actually, I liked Tumblr a rule lot. 34. I knew tons of people who used Tumblr, who used to use Tumblr. Um, and I think it was actually a really great place for communities. I'm just, I'm just making fun of it. So <laughs> Tumblr sold. Yeah. So Some, speak, some Tumblr of, sold to WordPress? Which is a weird one. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah. So um, it's worth mentioning that variety... So, Chris, you might have a little bit more information about this, or maybe it's on here. Um, Tumblr was acquired. Like, someone else bought Tumblr for, like, a billion dollars, wasn't it? Like, yeah, way that back? was Yahoo. Yahoo, and then Verizon bought Yahoo. Okay, so Yahoo bought it for, was it $1.2 billion? I think it was $1.1 or $1.2. Okay, B- it was billion, billion with a B. Billion yeah. So dollars. Yahoo, back in the day... <laughs> Oh, poor Yahoo. Bought, uh, bought Tumblr for over a billion dollars. And then, um, as most everyone knows, this past year, there were sweeping changes made to Tumblr where they um, called out a ton of what they considered brand unfriendly content, which ended up being like most of the images on Tumblr. It decimated a huge number of the communities there who, um, you know, had up to that point felt like they had a safe space to talk about you know whatever they want to share everything from images to artwork to fan fiction all all sorts of stuff got spread around on tumblr and it got completely gutted and now it just sold again for how much stephanie for 3.1 million dollars are you telling me that verizon just lost 997 million dollars in tumblr oh yeah 900 (laughs) And ninety-seven million dollars. It's like selling something for a penny when you bought it for like a hundred bucks. Yikes! Isn't that insane? It's insane. It's insane. We saw that number. We were like, "What?" We know. I mean, because we know a lot of like really big YouTubers um, who like who don't have to have massive teams around them um, who could literally buy, buy Tumblr multiple they times could, over. Yeah, they could have bought Tumblr. No you, problem. You could crowdfund enough money to buy Tumblr. Right, tum- and like the Tumblr community re- could just buy yeah, back Tumblr. And then reinstitute all of the, you know, all of the the fan art that you could possibly want. Well, I'm wondering if WordPress is. is going to do something like that, you know? Because it can't, I mean, I at this point, gonna, what think, is it going to hurt? I think they just break it down and use the parts or what. I don't even know what you do with, like, Aww. it's it, right, which is so sad to say. It's, yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's really sad, right? Like, Tumblr is one of the, like, we weren't super active users on it, but I respected it for what it did. I think it was a really interesting community. I think it really resonated with a lot of people who found a hard time uh, finding a community or finding a home on, on, on any of the other kind of, like, large name platforms. And so, you know... Tumblr had been kicking around for a long time. Yeah, long time. Tumblr like, was OG, man. It was. It, it's uh, Tumblr is one of those OG platforms, and to see yeah. it, 
you know, slowly kind of like die off throughout the course of the last year and then just like go out with a whimper that this really was. Yeah. Shows shows a couple things, right? One, I think it shows no one had any clue what to do with Tumblr. Like for it, I think it's worth more than $3 million, even with all the changes that have been made in the last year and kind of it losing a lot of its its audience. I think it's still worth more because than $3 million. I think million. if you open the doors back up to it, I think people, people would, would come, come back. back. 100% I think they'd they be would. Eager to restart that. Yeah. I also think it is definitely Hashtag not worth it. Hashtag take back Tumblr. I think there, like, there could be like a movement. Yeah. I know. Hashtag take back Tumblr. But I would also say that it definitely wasn't worth a billion dollars. So I think it's one of those things that people, people on the outside saw that there was something interesting here, but had no clue how to value it and no clue and, and definitely had no clue how to use it and use it effectively. And I think that's, I think that's the challenge that a lot of these sorts of alternative, I'll call them alternative platforms, uh, really have, right? I think Reddit's in a similar boat where they've been trying to figure out ways to monetize Reddit uh, through more sponsorships, through more ad integrations into the system and this and that. And I know that that's been a really challenging uphill process for them as well. Um, And a a large part of that too is because of brand safety issues. And so they've had to clean up a lot of the subreddits and this and that. But I think with a lot of these sorts of platforms, it's the question of we, we see that there's something here, but how do we use it? How do we, like, how do we get, uh, advertisers interested in it. how do we make money off of this thing and i think they've really struggled to figure that out but like i said since the beginning right tumblr has been there it's been one of those early early platforms that's always it's it's never truly blown up but it's always been there and it's been stable and steady and so to and 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 differentiated in a very exciting, interesting way, yeah, right? It where t- It took, like, a lot of niche communities who really felt like they didn't have a home anywhere and gave them a safe space. And I think that's a very unique value. Yeah, I, I like... Uh, and other platforms don't have that in a lot of ways, especially now. Yeah, like, I mean, between the fan fiction and... Div- uh, the fan fictions and the fan arts that that really kind of, like, grew up there and was able to, like, really thrive, I think that was awesome. And, yes, you have places like DeviantArt and Wattpad where... They, but who's to say those aren't okay. next? Honestly. Right, right. Honestly, that's that's the other question. But I think, you know, to see what was kind of like the big hub of that suddenly disappear and disappear in such a kind of disappointing way, I think that's that's a big loss. I actually got to know Tumblr because of uh, the GT Live and and Game Theory communities who did so much fan art around episodes of Game Theory, around us and Skip and um, Chris and a lot of those a, a lot of those pieces of art if they weren't on DeviantArt they were on Tumblr um, and even like at Tarnished Dragon on Twitter says I love Tumblr I've been using it for years I've never used it for prawn um, and she just used it for like com- like different fandom community stuff um, there was someone else who said um, uh, my artwork doesn't do well on if it doesn't do well on here Twitter it does better on Instagram and then if it fails here it works well on Tumblr so it's just it's an alternative place to find your community you mm-hmm. know yeah and and like uh, it's it, everyone jokes about the prawn stuff and uh, that was a part of it but I like to see that be kind of like one of the death blows of it it's it's just a disappointment it's it's funny too I, I see in in the Twitter feed that someone's like oh I didn't expect uh, Tumblr to ever be talked about here it's it's one that we don't talk about a lot but w- again I brought it up at the beginning of this live stream 
that on the consulting side, we had actually talked to some of our consulting partners and people, you know, these big companies that we talked to about Tumblr and the value of Tumblr and yeah. why it makes sense for them. Maybe not to produce content for it, maybe not to advertise on it, but to at least be aware of it and how to use it properly and the insights that because Tumblr had a lot of really interesting insights too. You could see the rise and fall of different topics and games and shows uh, and uh, cartoons and whatever via their, like, ins they had actually a really robust, interesting insights feed. They also had a really interesting analytics tool that allowed you to see, like, who the hub channels were and who are the spokes yeah. out of that who are, like, making waves and influence and how things would go viral. Like, you could literally see via graphics that Tumblr itself produced how, like, a viral piece of content would, like, grow and spread across the platform. It, it was, was so also, cool. It was great for attribution because you could see where the original poster came from and you could see who the original poster was because you could track every meme and every image back to the original. Um, and no other platform allows you to do that. People can rip and re-upload stuff all over the place on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else. But Tumblr was the one who... Like if you re if you like reblog something or reposted it, it, you could see where it came from. Like you could see the thread back of it. Uh, Allison Angel on Twitter. Uh, okay, hashtag take back Tumblr. Okay, this is a thing now. <laughs> I I like it. I mean, I think WordPress. I, it would be a shame for WordPress to not take advantage of the community. Still the out commu there. The community is there, and I think all you need to. I, it's the same thing. Like if Vine had come back within a year of it disappearing and they're like all right well we made a mistake so we brought it back i think you would see a lot of like widespread readoption of the platform yeah same thing with tumblr i think like if wordpress were to come out and say like hey we've rolled back kind of like some of the prawn bands and this and that like all are welcome back here or just like li just loosened li them a little bit so that pictures of garfield aren't getting taken down from tumblr because that that was like what people were complaining about they were like this is a picture of my cat it just got banned on yeah, Tumblr. It, it, like the 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 way they rolled that the out way was they rolled it out so was stupid. crazy. It was so so dumb. yeah, yeah, and the fact that it sold for that, like it it is. It's interesting that WordPress bought it. I'm, I bet if you had talked to any number of like large creators on YouTube, someone would have bought, bought it. Someone would have bought. Tumblr. Someone would have bought it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hank and John Green probably would have bought Tumblr. Oh, I bet they would have. They're yeah, they're Tumblr people. Okay. And they have enough. Yeah. Yeah. John Green has made so much money from all those books. He, he's, he, he, he's got a cool 3.1 million laying around. And, it, and Hank would have probably loved to have done something with him. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, anyway. anyway. Uh, but yeah. So it's that's a shame. That's sad. But, you know, maybe it'll come back. Maybe there'll be something interesting to, to come out of all of that. Yeah, but it, maybe. It, it, right? It would, but that was just a, a really interesting story that just happened. Um, anything else about Tumblr? No, I think we've got time for one more little story. Tumblr. Okay. Tumblr. Tumblr. Tumblr, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, at least we'll always have Jello Apocalypse's video of this is Tumblr. Uh, <laughs> okay. So last one here. Which one do we want to talk about? Ooh, let's talk about favoritism. Okay. We've all got favoritism. It. This kind of goes back to the ninja. This this one kind of goes back to the ninja story. I secretly like Pikachu better than Chris. <gasps> <gasps> what? <laughs> Sorry, Chris. We all have favorites. Peepa. Aww. <laughs> Fair. Spill that. <laughs> spill that tea, sis. I know. Uh, Hot goss. So this was an article that came out in. Was this Tube Filter? I think so. Yes. No, Washington Post. Um, moderators, Man, Washington Post is coming out with all sorts of hot stuff. Uh, Washington Post uh, reported that 
Um, moderators on YouTube, which are the, are the people who have to decide what's okay for monetization and what's not a lot of times, or maybe even what should be taken down from YouTube because it, it violates like community guidelines or something like that, um, that apparently they've made decisions um, about taking down content that have been reversed when YouTube executives step in and say, well, hold on there, partner. This video was actually produced by one of our top creators. They're kind, they're like, you know, they've got the inside track, so we're just going to let that one slide. Don't take it down or don't demonetize it. Um, and so I think this is a super interesting story, um, and mm. it shows, you know, it, it, it uncovers what could potentially be, you know, favoritism on at least one platform, but probably more. Doesn't surprise me. No, not at all. Not in the slightest. I mean, if you are, you know, if you are YouTube slash Google, right, or any of these platforms, but I think, you know, let's, since YouTube is the one that's being called out here, let's, let's use them as the example, who has a large influencer or like uh, a large branded campaign or like, hey, we have a lot of ads that we have to sell or whatever, and you've sold them on, say, a Logan Paul channel or some other channel out there that it does have you know millions upon millions of views every single day or every single week you're gonna bend the rules i think if they if they step out of line you're like well we can't really like backpedal on these commitments that we've made it's it's interesting right i think a lot of it falls in line with like you could say say it on twitter too right where there's a lot of like celebrities or political figures who are oftentimes accused of like breaking the platform's terms of service and being like Twitter why don't you apply the rules equally and Twitter doesn't respond but like Twitter's just started doing stuff like that like but they're starting right they're starting politically to. heated tweets and stuff but up till very recently they weren't doing that and if you had a blue check mark next to your name or you were running for president or something like that then you could basically say whatever you wanted right and so i i think it's it's definitely not a surprising phenomenon. It's definitely not a new phenomenon. I don't think it's just a YouTube thing. And I, and honestly, I think that's upsetting. I, I think to me, and I've talked about this with our YouTube partner manager too, mm-hmm. where I'm like, here's the thing. What people get upset about on these platforms isn't necessarily like demonetization. Like it's obviously issues, but like brand safety and demonetization or whatever. It's the lack of transparency in this stuff and the inconsistency that they see on the platform, right? Where if I feel like I'm following the rules as I understand them, as they're written in YouTube's terms and services, in their guidelines, and then I look over here to a different channel, a a Paul brother, a James Charles, a whatever, and see that video not penalized when it's doing the same things, yeah, that's frustrating, that's confusing, and that's demoralizing. Yeah, it it sends a really bad message to creators who are, you know, maybe don't have contacts at YouTube or who don't have a YouTube partner manager or something like that that says, well, you're not big enough for us to care about, so you have to follow the rules. But, hey, if you get big enough, the rules won't apply to you anymore. Right, and I think think that sends a bad message. Like, for me, you know, obviously we talk about Shane Dawson's content here a lot, but, like, for me, I see a video, it's a bit frustrating to me, like, when I see his conspiracy theory video about, like, Disney encouraging uh, kids to... Did Disney encourage kids to commit, you know, to kill themselves or whatever back in the day, like the old cartoons? Like, 
red flags across the board that that's like a you know controversial topic that is you know uh potentially spreading misinformation talking about very sensitive issues uh, misuse of young children's characters or whatever that you know we've gotten demonetized for in the past but i see that and it's it has ads on it and you're like oh that feels unfair to me in some way right like so i I get that that is a, a thing that exists, and I understand why people would be frustrated by that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I also don't think it's unique to YouTube. Um, I think probably one of the things that's going to come to light or, like, is in the process of or, – or maybe people already know this. I don't know. Or maybe people like kind of get it. But in, with every platform, there are, there are, like, top, top creators, like, right – like if you're Kim Kardashian on Instagram or if you're Ninja on Twitch used to be um, or, you know, some other really big person on one of those platforms, you've got like a direct line into yeah. basically whoever you want to talk to. Mr. Instagram, like, hi, Mr. Instagram, this is Kim Kardashian. I'm having a problem with my account and they will fix it for you immediately no matter what it is. Or like, hey, I bring you in, you know, uh, 500 million views a month and so you have to play nice with me because I'm making you huge amounts of money on your platform um, and we think about you know we, and we were just talking about this with Ninja like you're building your business on a platform that you don't own that you have no control over except for like literally like the top five people or something on each of those platforms and those people like sometimes those people actually you know have a lot of say because they're you know they're really powerful and they bring in a lot of views so um i mean for the most part we don't really fall into that kind of category but you know there are people who do on youtube on facebook on instagram on twitch like everywhere well we don't but we do like i because we do get access to a lot of like tools that they're experimenting with early tools we get early tools beta test them but that's the thing we go into the beta testing programs we give feedback we help like yeah we're we help like we we help like work the bugs out of the new product yeah we're basically like youtube we do see them early but we're like we're giving them free work yeah we're We're, they're not doing favors for us necessarily we're doing free work for them And, and the reason we're doing it is because we're like well if you show other channels this sort of stuff or like ask other youtubers like they're looking at it from a very like me centric perspective whereas like we try to like speak on behalf of the whole platform but we also like want to make sure that stuff works and we will and we're also really honest with problems with youtube like like for instance um in content id like it just just recently they came out with this big new policy change where if you're going to copyright strike someone's channel you have to put the time code into the video like in where where the copyright actually happened like yeah, where the, the copyrighted infringement yeah. infringement actually went went on before that you didn't have to do that right we've been banging down the door of everyone who will listen to us at YouTube for two years asking for that. And we were some of the first people to ask for it. We kept asking for it and kept asking for it and kept asking for it. And and yes, eventually it happened two years later. Mm -hmm. Was that a special favor for us? No. (laughs) But like we were part of a lot, you know, a lot of creators complaining about it, but we were some of the first. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, yeah, so it, to, and it's interesting, right? I think this story is going to continue to grow. I think more people will probably come out and, and confirm a lot of what's being said, I think. But but whether or not people are going to be upset about that or, you know, if that's going to be news to people, that, that's what I'm interested to see, right? Because to me, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. 
Like it's, it's disappointing and it's unfortunate and it's not necessarily fair. I wish that there was a level of like equal playing field fairness across the board, but you know, it's again, like Steph said, it's not your platform, you know, like if, if YouTube wants to promote Will Smith's channel because Will Smith is a celebrity and they want to show that they're celebrity, I get it. Like, it does it make me sad? Yeah. Do I wish that it was different? Yeah. Like, do I think that that stuff would be better, you know, that position on the trending tab or that position on, on the homepage feed would be better served by, like, an endemic YouTube creator who, like, found success on this platform? Absolutely. I think so. But I get that, you know a lot of times my interests aren't necessarily the interests of YouTube. And and so I can't necessarily begrudge them that if they value, you know, a James Charles's like positive opinion and continued support of the platform. And so they're going to make sure that they step in to remove that copyright strike that probably was rightfully there in the first place. Like we've talked about in a previous episode of, of T-Series, right? Where we're like, well, that wasn't really actually like he's saying it's fair use of that musical song but technically it's not it's not a parody use of that song um you know and there's there's any number of instances right where that's but actually but actually it's not a fa- uh, fair use uh let me talk to you about it. we, we are um, that is what we do but yeah i mean I, do, is this story true does favoritism exist absolutely um have we seeded ourselves absolutely um and do we would it be a better world if favoritism didn't exist yes probably that's not really something that's in our control but i do think it's good that people talk about it yeah i think i think it's a good conversation to have and you know it's not a unique problem. No. Uh, and I think that's the important thing to hammer home here, right? Is like Ninja's on, like we said earlier, Ninja's on Mixer. And you can bet that Mixer's going to make sure that Ninja is successful on Mixer for that's a period of time. That's favoritism too. That's favoritism yeah. because they paid for it, you know, and it's their platform. They paid for him to be there. It's probably their right to make sure that he's successful over there. Um, you know, is is the, you know, like a political tweets on Twitter pushing the boundaries sometimes? Absolutely. But... You know, are people excited to have large political figures on Twitter? Probably, yeah. yeah. So let's look the other way in a lot of cases. Like, I think for me, I'm always a bit like I love meritocracies. And that's one of the reasons why when this sort of stuff happens, it it always frustrates me. Like, and I partly got out of theater because I recognized that theater wasn't a meritocracy. It was all about who you knew, what connections you made, this and that. Um, and I just, I don't like playing that game. And I, YouTube, especially in the early days, felt very much like a meritocracy. I think as entertainment has, you know, infused itself more and more into YouTube and as YouTube has become more and more of an entertainment platform, a lot of that meritocracy has started to kind of like fade away. And now it, there's, it's a lot more nuanced game. I think it's a lot more, there is a lot more relationship building. I think there is a lot more of that kind of like, um, figuring out the strategies to get ahead that isn't necessarily just based on like if you do good stuff that's all it takes, um, which is a, which is a shame. Um, but I but that's also life. Uh, like I see more and more like the number of things that are actual meritocracies almost none. are almost none, which is kind of a bummer. On that fun note, and on that fun note, <laughs> we're about out of time. Yeah, no, we um, we got to get going, but we'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, to, I believe we're gonna try to complete kindergarten. Yes. Um, we still have some monster Mon cards that we got to get uh, in order to get the true and final ending of the game. Right, we'll be back more 
Nugget, more Miss Applegate, more dumpster hags. Uh, starting to uh, following that up tomorrow, and uh, I think on Friday we're we're seeing if we're gonna end up streaming. Yep. But, uh, uh, and a quick plug for Game Theory Back to School merch. It's out now. Check it out. Um, there are some awesome photography that we did for the um, for the merch. We're gonna be talking about it in an upcoming episode of Game Theory, and we're gonna be like posting on it on Instagram. But if you want to go see it now, um, head over to Creator Inc. Um, and you can check it out, see if you like it. It's really nice. Yeah, stuff. awesome it backpack, is so awesome pencil nice. case. Very, very cool journal that's hardcover. It's it's yeah. great stuff. Um, we'll see yeah. you tomorrow. There's also a new game theory that's coming out tomorrow, a new film theory on Saturday, and then hopefully another new game theory on Tuesday if everything goes according to plan. So we are back, we are on the couch, and we are eager to be hanging out with you. It's good to get back to drinking some tea. And remember, guys, that's just a stream. A live stream. Cheers. Cheers.